When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Wednesday, the 4th of October. I'm Michael Bailey, and today we're asking... What now for Manchester United's Champions League hopes? They just have to win this game, plain and simple. Is Bakaya Saka's untouchable run over? He was big enough not to allow him to continue to play the game, and that's obviously a worry for us. And how are Newcastle feeling as PSG roll into tune? It's fair to say that the city is absolutely buzzing at the prospect. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. We've got a lot to get through, so let's crack on, starting with last night's Champions League action. Manchester United are pointless and bottom of Group A. They led twice through Rasmus Hoyland, yet still managed to lose 3-2 at home to Galatasaray. Davison Sanchez heading it forward, Amrabat has played Icardi onside. This time he does it. Mauro Icardi there, making amends for his earlier missed penalty, which saw Casemiro sent off. It was the Turkish side's first win in England. Bayern Munich lead the group after coming from behind to win in Copenhagen, Jamal Musiala and Matisse Tell with the goals. In Group B, it was also a rough old night for Arsenal, who led but lost in Lons. There was also concern as they lost Bukayo Saka to injury after just 34 minutes. Much fun was had in Napoli, where Real Madrid won an archetypal five-goal thriller. Jude Bellingham's performance earned him back-to-back Man of the Match awards in the Champions League. Our Real correspondent Mario Cortigana was at Diego Armando Maradona Stadium. Oh yeah, it was a fantastic match here in Naples. And for Real Madrid, in my opinion, the biggest takeaway is in that combo between Jude Bellingham and Vinicius Jr. that we haven't been able to see due to the Brazilian's injury. Jude Bellingham, the, the one who will be making the headlines. Don't forget, please, how important Vinny is to this side. Both players, by the way, are getting along very well, both and off the pitch. And this is something to excite Real Madrid supporters. Feel free to Google the goals scored by Bellingham and Fede Valverde and see which you'd put top. The correct answer is Bellingham, by the way. And finally, for now, Inter beat Benfica 1-0 in Milan thanks to another tasty goal, this time from Marcus Turam. But let's return to that Manchester United defeat at Old Trafford, where our correspondent Laurie Whitwell was watching on. Laurie, we have to stop speaking like this. Last time against Bayern Munich, we spoke about the scoreline not reflecting the match. Are we saying the same again? Possibly, because I think United, I know they could have won this on another night, but then those familiar issues emerged and they absolutely imploded uh, towards the end of the game. And, and in fairness, Galatasaray could have won by more. You know, they missed a penalty. They had a couple of other really good chances. Um, but it was United's own doing that caused their downfall. They do look really poor at the back. What, what's going on there? 
I mean, they have had injuries. So, you know, Lisandro Martinez isn't there. Luke Shaw isn't there. Aaron Wan-Bissaka isn't there. I mean, there's a debate, I suppose, whether Diogo Dalot would start anyway in, instead of him. Um, so you've got Sofian Amrabat as a makeshift left-back. And there has certainly been moments when that looks good. You know, in, in the League Cup game where he made his debut against Crystal Palace, they had a lot of the ball and he, he had a, a lot of touches. But tonight, again, exposed that that's not his position. You know, that uh, equalising goal for Galatasaray so soon after Rasmus Hoyland had lifted the roof off this place to make it 2-1, totally undermined what United were trying to do. And there was a, a few other moments where you could tell that's not his natural position and knowing what to do defensively just wasn't natural to him. So there's that, there's Rafa Varane is, has had injury this season already as well. Victor Lindelof, we know his sort of deficiencies, good defender at moments, but also can misread situations. And Diogo Dalot, you know, he got bullied, didn't he, by Wilfred Zahar for that first goal. Um, you know, poor for him to let the ball bounce and then also get out muscled. So, yeah, I mean, there's issues across the whole backline. And I haven't even mentioned Andrew Nana, sorry. I mean, obviously he in Munich made that mistake with his hands and now he's made a mistake with his feet. The thing that he was brought to United for... I mean, that just totally took the wind out of any attempts for United to go ahead a third time because, you know, they had a penalty, but also, you know, it meant Casemiro decided to dive in to try and stop Galatasaray scoring, got a second bucket and was sent off. There was at least the positive of Hoyland's goals, but this defeat really does leave United in a bad position in their group. Yeah, I mean, they just had to win this game, plain and simple, because, you know, they've still got Bayern Munich to come here. OK, they've got a double header against Copenhagen, but to start the campaign with two defeats... It's very, very rare that a team come back from that and, and qualifies. I'm sort of thinking of Tottenham Hotspur. They did it, didn't they, when they got to the final and you know met Eriksen Haag's Ajax in the semi-finals. But that was a very streaky, up-and-down, tension-filled campaign. I mean, maybe United can resurrect something like that this time. But the signs are not positive because they can score. Yeah, you're right. Hoyland looks the real deal as a strength forward. Strong, quick, really sharp finishes tonight. Um, but they've got that Achilles heel of the defence they just can't keep clean sheets and they look a soft touch to score against so the hope of them actually progressing from this group is diminished hugely after tonight's result thanks Laurie and for more on United listen to the Athletic Football Podcast when it's out later today as Ayo Akinwalere and co will be talking all about Marcus Rashford and his struggles in front of goal over in Lons it was also bleak for Arsenal Bakaya Saka may have made Arsenal's opening goal for Gabriel Jesus. That's a poor pass. Saka seizes on it. This is now Jesus for Arsenal and that's 1-0. But he also left the pitch injured after 34 minutes. Well, that's that for Bakaya Saka. He certainly gets kicked a lot and so the latest in a series of Saka substitutions has got Arsenal fans a little worried about their star forward. Abby Patterson was watching on and joins us now. Abby, this is a big concern for Arsenal. What do we know? Well, what we know is what Mikel Arteta has told the press pack following the match. Arteta said that Saka tried to backheel a ball in the first half, felt something muscular, felt a bit of discomfort. And so the team decided to, to take him off. Uh, they don't know anything more at this stage. But as you say, Saka gets tackled a lot. And every single time someone comes in and fouls him, it riles up Arsenal fans even more. So the fact that he's actually had to come off after half an hour is going to cause a lot of concern. Uh, but at this point in time, uh, we just know that it's something muscular uh, and we have no idea about whether or not he can make the weekend's match against Manchester City. I mean, there have been some suggestions that Mikel Arteta should have actually given Saka a rest in Lons. 
Yeah, but isn't hindsight a wonderful thing? Uh, it's a Champions League match, so you're going to play your, your best players. You want to put out your, your best 11. And Mikel Arteta certainly isn't showing any signs of regret of, from playing Bukayo Saka. He was really looking forward to play every player. You know, it's a big Champions League night. I told him I painted the picture and their scenario, the type of game that we're going to have to face today. And, uh, and they all knew about it. Arteta has spent a lot of time saying that players need to get used to playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So for, for Arteta, he certainly isn't suggesting that he has any regrets. Thanks, Abby. We've more Champions League action tonight as well, with Newcastle United hosting Paris Saint-Germain and the return of European football to St. James's Park. Senior writer George Colkin is already looking forward to it and he joins us now. George, set the scene for us. How is the city feeling? It's fair to say that the city is absolutely buzzing at the prospect. The stadium, of course, will be full, sold out. It's been bubbling away nicely since the draw was made and uh, since Newcastle's first match against AC Milan and uh, it's here. I was reporting on Newcastle 20 years ago when Sir Bobby Robson's team became the first club in the Champions League to lose their first three group stage games and still qualify for what was then the second group stage. At that point, it felt like a brilliant adventure and it felt like the start of something. As we know, it wasn't and uh, they've not been back there. But this time, Paris Saint-Germain, one of the uh, one of the top clubs around and yeah, it's going to be absolutely electric. There are plenty of subplots too. Um, one is these clubs' owners, Saudi Arabia against Qatar. There are obvious parallels between the two clubs, both majority state-owned and Newcastle want to become Paris Saint-Germain. They want to be a team that's winning titles, that's number one in the world. That's the stated goal that's competing for the Champions League. What's interesting is the different ways they've gone about it. And for Newcastle, Obviously, there were big restrictions in terms of FFP, but before they could become PSG or Manchester City, they had to first avoid being Everton. They had to first avoid spending the money that they had very badly. And it's been about this slow build, getting better with each window and trying their best not to make mistakes. And it has certainly stood them in great stead so far. Indeed, and it's definitely been going well, George. Finally, what are you expecting come kickoff? Newcastle have a formidable record at home under Eddie Howe. They don't get beaten very often and they can get at teams. They've got really good, aggressive, front-footed players too. The concern, I guess, would be at the back. It's tough. They're missing Sven Botman, one of their most important players. And we know about the talent PSG have coming forward. But if they're able to keep that spirit that has seen them keep five clean sheets in a row in all competitions, honestly, they've got such a great chance. I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it. <laughs> Thanks, George. That matches an 8pm kickoff on TNT Sports or 3pm on Paramount Plus if you're on the East Coast. And those are the times and channels you'll need if you'd prefer to watch something different. Barcelona are in Porto, Manchester City are at RB Leipzig and Borussia Dortmund host Milan, which are my picks for the evening ahead. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Just before we end, there's a bit of Premier League news to catch you up on. 
The VAR fallout from Liverpool's defeat at Tottenham continues. You know, the one where Luis Diaz was denied a clear onside goal after significant human error from VAR Darren England. Well, the referee organisation PGMOL has now released the audio from that incident. And here it is. So 2D line on the VAR. Uh, check complete. Check complete. It's fine. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as the VAR calls check complete and play continues... The error becomes clear. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, the on-field on. decision was offside. Are you are you happy with this? Yeah. Are you happy with this? Offside on decision. Field decision. Go. Yeah. That's, no, that's not what it does. What? On-field decision was offside. Are you happy with this Never image? Yes, yeah, it's onside. The image we gave him is onside. Left back. He's played. He's yeah. gone offside. Delay, delay, delay. No. Ollie's saying to delay. Ollie's saying to delay. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. PGMOL had already shared their report into the incident as well as that audio with the Premier League, Liverpool and the other 19 clubs. Liverpool are yet to comment. There was a game last night too where Burnley got their first league win of the season. They won 2-1 at Luton thanks to a wonder strike from Jakob Brun Larsson. And that's it for today's briefing. I've been Michael Bailey. Your producers were Abby Patterson and Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Make sure you're on top of all football's ebbs and flows by giving us a follow on your podcast app of choice. And why not tell your friends about us too? Adam Leventhal will be with you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a cracking day. The Athletic.